Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we discuss the convergence of two substantial fields, law and education, how they interact, support, challenge, and inform one another. And our guest is perfect for this topic, prolific in the field, a graduate of both law school and education school. She is the Jeremiah Smith Professor and Dean of the Harvard Law School. Welcome to the EdCast, Martha Minow. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And what was that education school you graduated from, Martha? It was the Harvard Graduate School of Education, and it was a fabulous experience. And we're proud to have you. I suppose before we jump into the meat of the policy discussion, I'm curious, what drew a young, freshly minted Michigan Blue, Martha Minow, to an education school in Cambridge, and how that experience impacted your work? Absolutely. When I graduated from college, I knew that I wanted to work on issues of public policy and social change, and education was the field that most uh, drew me. And as I looked around the country at places where I could pursue this, I looked at policy schools, I looked at many different kinds of opportunities, but the Harvard Graduate School of Education really drew me because of its wonderful connections to practice of various sorts, as well as centers of uh, really forward thinking in many domains, psychology, um, politics, and uh, so that's what I did. I came and I spent a very intense year and uh, learned a great deal that I continue to draw on to this day. What were some of the greatest fields in education that you studied while at the ed school that have kind of carried you through in the law sector now? Well, some some are obvious. I did study law and education, which affected my career, but some are not so obvious. So uh, a course on adolescent development was hugely influential for me, as well as work with the Children's Television Workshop, which at that time had a very close relationship with the Harvard Graduate School of Education. And we worked on developing a new show that became 321 Contact. Uh, in addition, I learned from that particular experience methods of team work and interdisciplinary collaboration that I use all the time. I enjoyed 321 Contact. Thank you. <laughs> so I suppose a history lesson may be needed for the next question. Your recent book is about Brown v. Board, and I know I'm thinking also affirmative action rulings, matters of academic freedom. Where have you seen the strongest trends in the interaction between law and education over the years? I wrote the forward to a book that was edited by Jay Hubert some time ago, chapters exploring the connection, convergence, conjunction between law and education uh, across many domains. And I actually learned from the chapters in that book that besides the uh, areas of civil rights and desegregation, uh, very important connections and collaborations around uh, finance, uh, around uh, bilingual education, uh, around uh, issues having to do with uh, with teachers and their status and their rights, so there are there are many many fields. You know, the for better or for worse, uh, education in this country uh, is a sector that is highly regulated, uh, and its relationship to the federalist structure, so state local control with federal aid, is one very important. Uh, tied a law, but also the, the highly regulated nature of classrooms and, and schools. And looking to Brown v. Board, you wrote a book in Brown's Wake. It discusses the legacies of the decision in many unexpected places. Where are those places? I was drawn to write this book because of the, when the 50th anniversary of Brown v. Board occurred, there were appropriately criticisms and sober reflections on the disappointments with regard to desegregation along racial lines. And I do talk about that in the book. And at the same time, I was very interested to explore the 
remarkable repercussions of that uh, landmark Supreme Court decision beyond race in schools. Uh, so with regard to the treatment of students with disability, with regard to gender, with regard to language, uh, English language learners, uh, with regard to the treatment of religion. Uh, so increasingly, uh, the, the United States is now much more open than it ever was to the funding of religious schools and a kind of equality treatment. Um, in addition, the influence of the case in propelling a whole school of thought and movement in social psychology uh, and uh, instigating school choice as a major factor of the American landscape. Uh, and one of the perhaps most surprising legacies for me was outside the United States. So the impact of this case in inspiring directly and indirectly uh, challenges to separate school systems in many parts of the world. You've been a professor of both law and of education here at Harvard. Do you find there's a contrast in how the different schools of students interact with the material and the subject that you teach? They're coming at it from completely different perspectives. I've had the great pleasure of teaching uh, at the law school since 1981 and also being a lecturer teaching at the School of Education. Uh, and I like having actually students from both schools in the same class because I think they bring wonderfully different perspectives and uh, approaches. You know, legal education is very much focused on uh, analytic skills with less of a focus on particular substantive commitments or, or purposes in life. Uh, and uh, many people who go to the School of Education actually have substantive purposes that they're trying to achieve. And so that's why often it's good to bring them together. Um, I think that uh, I've also very much enjoyed teaching in the college. I taught a course on children in their social worlds uh, and found that in many ways uh, undergraduates uh, are an interesting uh, third category, people still building the house of their beliefs, whereas people at the graduate level already have the house of their beliefs and they're either trying to refine their skills or uh, otherwise find best ways to accomplish their goals. As a great intermediary of this nexus, what can the education sector learn from the law sector? I think that uh, one of the things that lawyers can contribute to the sector of education is uh, a kind of practical problem-solving approach. So often the external perspective about lawyers is that uh, lawyers are adversarial and extreme. In fact, mostly what legal training equips people to do is to think very practically about what are the different ways we could solve this problem. How can we design the institution differently? How can we come up with uh, an intermediate solution? And uh, that's something I think that it can be helpful in the education sector. Many of our listeners are teachers, K-12, to uh, teaching young children, and you teach tertiary education. What's the greatest similarities between a Harvard Law School student and, say, a kindergarten student? Well, my mother-in-law was a fifth grade teacher for a long time, and she used to say that you need to tell a, a kindergartner something about 100 times for that student to remember. And then she'd say, after pausing, law students are not that different. And I think that there's really a very good point there. Uh, I think something also that's very similar is with a kindergartner, you know that they are coming curious, eager to learn, uh, and yet each one actually learns in a different way. And as I often say to law students, one of your goals in law school is to learn how you learn best, uh, because that's going to be the most important skill uh, and ability that you'll have for the rest of your life. What's been the general reaction to your book when it, when it came out? 
I think that there have been uh, many people uh, very interested in pursuing the disappointments on the racial uh, integration front, and of course that's a very important avenue. I, I do argue in the book that Brown was probably more influential in race relations in this country outside of schools than inside of schools, as schools are now about the same degree of racially separate as they were in 1954, after a period of some much greater success through 1972, 1973, but then when the federal government backed off of enforcement, the the, the kind of forces of uh, private choice and individuals uh, choosing to live in communities that are racially separated has led to racial separation in schools uh, yet again. Um, I think that some people, I think, are very surprised by these uh, very different settings in which I've traced out the influence of Brown. Uh, the chapter on school choice has uh, drawn some attention uh, because I, I, I guess it's a pretty controversial subject. Uh, and I take a, a kind of a third way approach, which is neither for nor against school choice, but acknowledging that's here and urging that we are mindful about the opportunities and uh, to both to have much more rigorous social science lessons and also cautious about the risks of new forms of self-separation, self-segregation. Aside from running the law school, what, if any, other next projects for you, a new book in the works? Well, in fact, uh, you know, the other field in which I work, which may seem very different, but I'll sh tell you how it's connected, is I work on post-conflict uh, post societies and dealing with violence. Uh, and uh, I'm writing a, a book now on forgiveness after uh, violence. And the role of education is, of course, uh, turns out to be, in my view, very, very important, uh, both as a prevention in dealing with intergroup uh, conflict, uh, but also as one of the ways to respond to conflict and violence. Uh, how do we make sense? How do we make meaning out of these experiences? So that's my current project. Last question, and this is a quote. When I was at Harvard Law School, I had a teacher who changed my life. Her name was Martha Minow. That's President Barack Obama. What is it you remember about a young Barry, and how does it feel to know that you educated the President of the United States? I'm very honored that uh, the president made that remark. Uh, he was a very superb student. He was in a course of mine called uh, Law and Society. He was reflective, and uh, when he spoke, other students became very quiet and listened. Uh, he showed at that time enormous leadership uh, qualities, and uh, I've, I've been very, very uh, delighted by the work that he's done since uh, and very honored that he has actually asked me to serve uh, in a capacity. I'm now the vice chair of the Legal Services Corporation. If you're interested in her book, it's called In Brown's Wake, Legacies of America's Educational Landmark. It's available on Amazon.com. Our guest was the quintessential spokesperson for education and law, Martha Minow. Thank you very much for appearing on the EdCast. Thank you. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.